I want you to read anytime I say mad in all caps now, I just want you to read it as big mad. And we dribble it, yeah, yeah. And we dribble it, yeah, yeah. Ball We Know, episode 25. It's Nate. It's Ahop. And it, we're recording on Thursday, November 8th, for the first time in person. The first ever live pod. Should we high five? You're witnessing history, folks. I didn't just clap my hands. I actually <laughs> high-fived Alex. Yeah. So now, hello. <laughs> it's the same thing, though, essentially. But, uh, yeah. Some interesting stuff happened this weekend. Or this whole past week, I should say. Yeah. Um, do you want to explain hip hoop, or should we just do that later? When we'll we worry about it? hip hoop when we get to hip hoop. Okay. I know all the fans are eagerly awaiting this week's <laughs> special, but keep waiting. Hip hoop has a has a twist this week, and it's a good one. I approve. So it's gonna be lit. But for now, Nathan, get us started with the news. All right, let's get into the news. Um, first off. Big news. Don't know why we have two laptops open, by the way. Uh, NBA All-Star Draft is going to be televised this year. If everybody remembers, last year was the first year they did a draft style where they had Team LeBron and Team Curry. And uh, NBA Twitter was big mad. Big mad. <laughs> that it was not televised. They, for some reason, like I get why you want to have it televised, but I don't think it'd be really that exciting unless they're, wanting players to go in-depth with their picks. I feel like it's something, though, that they can play up and that it will be kind of dramatized and and hyped up. I feel like it could be fun. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be a pretty quick and kind of painless thing. I just hope that whoever gets picked last isn't all butthurt. <laughs> I think that's what they were worried about when they didn't televise it before, right? But then it they, ended they up... came out anyway. They, exactly. They picked first so you're not really saving anybody any harm, and... How bad is it that you get picked last in the All-Star game? You're already an All-Star. Like, like really get over yourself if you're that upset about it. Let's be real. Know. It was Kevin Love. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah. I think personally that because people wanted this so bad, they're going to be hyping it up that it might be a little anticlimactic. Like it'll get there and it'll just be two dudes and a camera sitting in a room rifling off picks off a piece of paper. <laughs> True. Yeah. Was it one East and one West for the captains last year, or did they just pick the captains they or were they picked, voted There on? was a pool of players, so the East obviously had their All-Stars and the West had theirs, and then they just got a pick from any pool. I mean, as far as the captains, how, oh, how did Curry and LeBron was, get picked? Uh, they had the most votes East versus West. Ah, uh, okay, so it is an East and a West. Yes. That will be interesting then. Or they had the top two votes, because either it way, might have been. Hopefully two are the most popular, and they were in the opposite conferences. I was going to so. say, hopefully it's just top two vote-getters, because it might have been I would rather have those two be the people picking as opposed to anyone from the East and one of those two. Yeah, it'd be LeBron from the West this year, and then the East would be like Kyrie or I don't know, man. Embiid. All those Warriors get a lot of votes. But there's five of them, so you got to spread them out evenly. <laughs> All right. I don't know. But yeah... Th- so that was pretty interesting. Uh, I think they'll probably do that. Like, I think last year they kind of had TNT halftime show with Shaq and Kenny and Charles and all those guys. They had them like announce the whole roster for the All Star game. So I'm assuming that it'll be like at a halftime of a game that they'll do this because it shouldn't take very long. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm assuming they'll have the players come ready with their picks and that they'll just say them out loud or whatever. And yeah, so 
uh, when we get more info on that, we'll keep you all informed about when that's happening. And But if they came ready with their picks, it wouldn't really be a draft because then you would know already who picked the other, pre- the other people. Well, maybe just like an idea. I don't know. E- who they want kind yeah. of thing. So yeah. they're not just like, you got five minutes on the clock. Like, that'd be pretty. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit much. <laughs> I agree. So, yeah, we'll see how it works. Test run. Um, in other news, we mentioned the Warriors. Steve Kerr was in the news a few times this week. Uh, so first off, he says, I guess he said the bottom thing first. Um, I don't think it matters which thing he said okay, first. Okay, I'll just say the first thing that we have first. All right, cool. So what was it, Wednesday night? No. It was after that college game. I know. So Oh, so Tuesday night, Zion Williamson had his college debut, I believe. Uh, for the Duke Blue Devils, they played Kentucky and blew them out of the water. How do you hang 118 <laughs> like that against a really good Kentucky team? I just want to say, for Ball We Know's NCAA segment, said or scoffed at Duke being number four, and they proved it <laughs> that they deserve to at least be number two, killing the number two team. It was not a contest. Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett combined for 61 points. And that's off top, by the way. So. I feel like it's it's interesting that all the conversation is about Zion when Barrett dropped thirty three. Yeah, it's not like he was messing around. By I any think means, it was because no one, everybody just heard of this Zion kid, and then you see him and you're like, whoa, okay. He's the guy with all the buzz, despite not being the number He's one. So guy in explosive, his class too. and his yeah. first points was a three pointer, like that shut Impressive. everybody up real quick. <laughs> uh, anyways, so yeah, he had a great game, and. A reporter was asking them about, like, were you able to watch the game? What would you think? And he said, well, there's one kid that really impressed me. And then the reporter said, which one? And Kerr kind of laughed, like, yeah, there's, like, five guys that I'd want on that team. And so he's like, oh, yeah, the one that weighs 285. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, quote, I thought LeBron was the one, and then he was going to leave. And then, but I guess the next guy's here. <laughs> So, yeah, next year Zion will be taking the league by storm, kind of like LeBron did. Maybe not as intensely. but Yeah, I, I don't think it will be LeBron caliber, but we'll see. The dude has a lot explosive. of upside. He'll definitely be a guy to watch, yeah. The rest of that interview was kind of funny, too, because Kerr really danced around it so that he wouldn't get in trouble uh, for any kind of recruiting or things of that nature, which I think it's just ridiculous that coaches have to play that so carefully, but... Well, it was also funny because at the end of the interview, one of the coaches said, I think you're okay. I don't think you guys will be in that position to get that <laughs> to get him. He right. <laughs> so, yeah, they're going to have at least the 20, like, eighth pick at the minimum. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and then Kerr would later go on, or I guess this was earlier in the week, but either way, he said two things this week. This one was a little more out there. Uh, I don't know what the context was, probably just the reporter asking him a question. And it was on uh, Boogie Cousins. He said, we're not going to have money to sign him next year, so we'd like to help him win a championship and sign a great contract somewhere else. That's just mean. So basically he's saying, let's get this man a ring and say deuces. <laughs> and it's, I think everyone knew this is what was happening, but mm-hmm. there's just something worse about it being said out loud. <laughs> yeah, we're going to sign this guy for pocket change. We're going to beat you with him, and then we're just going to send him on his way. Because we can't afford him, and everybody knows that we can't afford him. Yeah. Even he knows that. It's just all ridiculous to me. I so think. It just kind of proves the the reports from earlier this summer when he was saying he signed with the war, or like when they came out and said 
he only signed with the Warriors to kind of throw it in every other team's face. To spite people? Yeah. yeah. Like, you're going to offer me, you know, basically what they offered me. Okay, I'll take a little less and beat you and win a championship while I'm at it. <laughs> Makes me want the Warriors to lose even more. Like, I, respect for him, though, doing that. Like, I feel... Respect for being stupid petty? That's that's a power move, I think. <laughs> like, come on. You're not going to respect me, okay? okay. I'll just take less money. I didn't say it wasn't a power move. It's just a petty one. Oh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but it's definitely kind of like a flex. Like Weird flex, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, title of the pod right there. <laughs> um. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's no one's ever said that. I don't think like next year this guy's not gonna be on our team. Like no one's just came out and said that. And (laughs) we're accepting that, and that's fine. And we can't pay him, and we're just gonna help him win a championship. And no one really even said anything. This didn't really really make that much like noise because everybody knows it's true. Yeah, (laughs) which is kind of funny. There's not a lot you can really say about it either, Mm -hmm. other than thank God he's not gonna continue to be on that team Mm -hmm. because that's just outright unfair. Right. Well, there's another man in the news. One of the headliners of last week's pod. Yes, the episode title was about him, Mr. Rose. If you guys didn't put that together, I feel kind of bad for you. So he didn't feel like dropping 50 this week. Oh. So he only yeah. he only dropped 31 last night against the Lakers. Uh, only 31. <laughs> 11 of 17 from the field and 7 for 9 from deep. But Alex wanted to note something about the 7 of 9 from deep. He missed the one that mattered most. Yes. With about four seconds left, they they were down three or two? I think it was two. two. It was yeah. two. They were down two, and uh, Rose had a wide open shot for a three. And... I wouldn't call it wide open. It was a, a nice play they set up off the screen, but I think Tyson Chandler did a great job of shuffling out and getting a hand up to contest. Well, I say wide open because he ran from, like, an angle from the side. wasn't, like, straight at him, you know? Yeah. So you could see over him, first of all. Yeah. And second of all, right before – or two plays before that, he just hit a three in Tyson Chandler's face. Yeah. No, it was definitely a good look, and I agree, but I think it's – it, it was, speaks to Tyson Chandler's level of effort right there that he mm-hmm. was able to get out there and at least make it tougher because it would have been a wide-open look otherwise. Yeah, it kind of shows, like, I guess I'm trying to say, like, in that situation, like, that's an open shot, you know? I agree. Because you're not going to get agree. a better look than that. A, a last-second shot, like, teams are going to be playing tough D. Like, that's a pretty good shot to get. Unfortunate he couldn't hit it. Um, but as you touched on, Tyson Chandler is on the Lakers now. So sure the is. Suns bought him out, and then he instantly signed with the Lakers, which was a great move for the Lakers. And it was kind of like, I guess, a classy move by the Suns because he wasn't getting playing time, and he's aging, but he's still able to play as we saw last night. Yeah. And they are they're, the Suns suck, so they just want to develop Aiton, which makes sense. And he's already pretty developed. but like <laughs> He looks that way. Yeah, yeah so – He's going to sit behind Aiton, and with Tyson Chandler and JaVale McGee on the Lakers, I feel like that's kind of a pretty good one-two punch. I think it, you said a lot – you mentioned Tyson Chandler being a guy who's aging, and I think it says a lot about their confidence level in him that he was the one closing out that game and not JaVale McGee. Mm-hmm. It was Tyson Chandler playing those crunch time minutes for the Lakers against the T-Wolves, and at the end of the game, 
he got, I think, two or three offensive boards in a row on tip-outs yeah. that resulted in... That probably won them the game. Yes, which ended up resulting in LeBron shooting 30-foot threes <laughs> for whatever reason. I'm not sure what it is, but... Because um, he knew Tyson was there. <laughs> I guess. I guess freaking so, but just the impact that he had was really beyond his, his numbers. Yeah, because where JaVale McGee falls short is his defense a little bit. He's more known for a guy that's going to pick and roll and alley-oop it or dunk it. Yeah, which he's and really good at. The but. only defensive aspect he really has is blocking shots, but we all know that's not all there is to defense. <laughs> so, and he's never Some really, would say. Yeah, so he's never really been known as a rebounder, although he's gotten better at it. So Tyson Chandler just kind of fills in those gaps where JaVale fails, I guess you could say. That's a really good point. Yeah, I think that's a good move by the Lakers. He's going to be important for them going forward, and we'll see if – He's a, an important piece in keeping their head above water because they've been having a hard time doing that. Yeah, but I liked what I saw from Tyson. Good for him. Good for him. I was going to say something else about Tyson, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> That's why I started talking again, but oh well. Uh, other big man news, Hassan Whiteside had a game last night. He had eight blocks in the first half against the Spurs. That's absurd. <laughs> I would just like to note that Nathan let me know that he had eight blocks, <laughs> and I said that he wasn't – he said that the – what, the single game record's 15? Uh-huh. I said no chance, and then what happened? He got one the whole rest of the game. I mean, he was halfway there. <laughs> yes, he was halfway there. So as Alex said, he finished with 29 points, 20 boards, and nine blocks. So That, that hurts. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure Whiteside said that he should have gotten 10 blocks. He thinks he wasn't credited for one. Well, the NBA will go back and fix stats, as we've seen in the past. If, it, if it's yeah. fake. Or if it's fake. If it's wrong. <laughs> fake news. <laughs> but what was surprising to me is that this happened to a Coach Pop team, the Spurs. They're so, like, fundamentally sound and, like, smart that they got blocked nine times. just seems, like, kind of weird to me. That is definitely surprising. I think that – um that Spurs team is having a hard time currently finding their identity to some degree, especially with how the Spurs have been known for so long as this defensive kind of powerhouse. And they revolutionize basketball, like on this year in year out basis based on their adjustments to the way offenses are playing. And that's hard to do now. And so I think there's this whole identity crisis in San Antonio as of figuring out how they can continue to be a defensive stopping kind of team in an NBA that's really shifting towards can you score 140 to beat the 130 that your opponent <laughs> scores? Yeah, that's kind of the the move right now, I guess. <laughs> um, so, yeah. What was this you had to talk about? Just some notes on other teams. I thought it was uh, interesting. Yeah, just trends that we've seen. So, OKC started pretty poorly. Uh, 0-4 this year, and they're on a six-game win streak since then. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with, first and foremost, the return of Russell Westbrook to their lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on top of that, those guys learning how to play with each other. Uh, Dennis Schroeder had 28 in their win last night, which I think is impressive, and that's what they're going to continue to need from him is offensive production when other guys aren't stepping up. Uh, so I think it looks really promising for OKC. We've mentioned before they're a team that has the potential to – to upset some teams, even in playoff series, perhaps. I mean, I don't think anyone really wants to f- see that OKC team in a seven-game series. 
So I think given the trends we've seen from them right now and with the promise of Andre Robertson coming back before playoff time, they'll be a team to continue to watch. Yeah. Um, hopefully Russ isn't hurt too long with his ankle. Yeah, that looks pretty gnarly. And it doesn't affect him further down the the, the line. Did we ever get a definitive what that was? Uh, sprained ankle, but it looked really bad. It's probably very high. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a bad high ankle sprain. That looked painful. Which everybody knows those are not fun to come back from. Um, however, to continue with your notes on teams that are trying to make a comeback a little bit, the Pelicans, they snapped a six-game losing streak. So they did the opposite of OKC. They won their first four and then lost six in a row. <laughs> I think of note there is they were missing Anthony Davis for the first two of those games. They lost to the Warriors in the third and have really just fallen off the wagon since then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That single win, I think, is going to be big. I think sometimes once you start losing, it's hard. I still think they're a dangerous team. They've had guys step up that I did not expect to step up. And I agree. I think that that start out of the gates is really their upside. I don't expect them to be a team that's, you know, a top four seed in the West or anything of that nature, but it shows you the potential they do have and the weapons they do have between all the, oh God, who all scored 20 some in those first, first four games. They had Alfred Payton at a triple double. Anthony Davis was dominant. Julius Randall. Who's their other big man who was hitting all the threes. Uh, Miritich? Yeah. So they have a lot of weapons, but hopefully the win is what they need to, to bounce back from that. Yeah, I think surprises of the Pelicans were kind of Wesley Johnson and Etwan Moore have been playing pretty well. And obviously Julius Randle, like you mentioned, is big impact guy. So Pelicans sit at 5-6 and six right now. I think as long as Anthony Davis stays healthy and they can continue to build on their their good start and see what they were doing right in those first few games. They still have a promising season. It's weird to me. I feel like we've played way more than 11 games. Like, I feel like I've watched so much more basketball. Yeah, it does definitely feel like that. (laughs) But, yeah. So, Pelicans coming back. Watch out for them. Kind of touched on this already. The Lakers, uh, they beat the Wolves yesterday by four after they previously lost to them by four. And they initially, as everybody knows, started two and five, and everybody's like, "Oh, freak out, freak out!" <laughs> Since then, they're three and one in their last four. So, I think they'll figure it out. And Tyson Chandler, like we mentioned, is obviously going to help a lot. And I'm looking for them to make some kind of trade before the trade deadline. I don't know what it would be. I, I would also expect that to happen. It'd probably be for a young guy or trading away a young guy for a vet. It's just a matter of who do you part ways with. If so many promising young guys. I feel like Brandon Ingram has been kind of a letdown. And maybe he's kind of reaching his ceiling, so you might want to trade him before people realize. Really interesting. I just feel like his development has been really inhibited by LeBron being there. Well, now, yeah. <laughs> there were some... I don't. I can't give you exact numbers, but there was an article I read about how much better Ingram's numbers have been when LeBron is off the floor versus when LeBron's on the floor. Mm -hmm. And I think he just really struggles fitting into a role as opposed to being the scorer kind of guy on the floor. And that said, because LeBron is a guy who still up to this point this year is playing what 
35 minutes a game or something of that nature. Yeah. You're just going to, I think you can sacrifice Brandon Ingram for a vet who can play alongside LeBron and fill a role and have similar production, if not better for what it is that you need from him. Okay. But, uh, good insight there. Yeah. Lakers though, definitely trending up LeBron's teams that he's moved to have historically not done terribly well at the beginning of that first season, but they have both times when he came back to Cleveland. And then before that, when he went to Miami have ended his 50 plus win teams. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel like it's cause it's LeBron. It's like seen more, um, but it happens with any team that kind of picks up new pieces. I think just, I don't know, t- sign of the times, I guess <laughs> perhaps, uh, Moving on to the Lakers' arch rivals, the Celtics. <laughs> back in, back in the day, they were not so much anymore. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess now with LeBron and Kyrie on opposite teams, maybe that can rekindle. There's some a bad bit, blood. A little bit, not a lot, but a little. And with both teams being relevant again, there was a a time period where they were both kind of in these weird mm-hmm. rebuilding kind of stages. Right. Um. So Jalen Brown. Uh, is an idiot. Well, yeah, we're gonna go see him play tonight. Yeah, that is true. Woo. Um, he said that he hopes to, or no, he didn't even say hopes. No, he said he he, he will. He said it was a fact, big facts, that he's gonna <laughs> have five or six rings by the time he's twenty-eight. For those of you keeping score at home, he's twenty-two right now, uh, which means that they would have to win the title every year. And if not every year, five of the six. And that means that if they won f- every year, that they'd set a new NBA record for most titles in a row. So, yep. And if there's any team that I would like expect to do that, it's probably the Warriors, not the Celtics. Yeah, I think the Celtics are relatively uh, high on the list as far as teams who have the propensity to do that. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Jalen realizes that the rest of the NBA didn't quit. And then everyone else still wants to play. Um, I I like his confidence. I guess I think that this is a That's promising young guy. And it, it, I mean, they you have might want to th- focus on one this year. Yes, like, you don't need to shoot that far ahead. Yes, because we all saw it happen with LeBron. Not oh. one, not two, four, five, six, seven. Not four, five, or six, or seven. So mm-hmm. I'm just kind of confused by this, Jalen. Uh, <laughs> I respect wow. you, dude. Called him by his first name. This is just not. Th- this ain't it. Chief called. Dang. Throwing the memes on him, too. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, other news, who they're playing tonight, the Suns. Devin Booker this week said he's fed up with the Suns losing. Weird. Which, obviously, no one likes to lose. But uh, Really? Yeah. He said this after they lost to the Nets by 22 points, which, yeah. Is a little embarrassing, I should say. Moderately. The Nets aren't the best. They have some good, better players this year, but like they still probably a bottom tier team, especially when you have DeAndre Ayton going against their like six nine center and Jarrett Allen, who's had a good season. You know, no disrespect to him, but I just think that uh, that he should probably do better. But my boy Karis Levert kind of went off in that game, <laughs> went and dropped twenty six on him. Stays going off this year. <laughs> yeah, that guy might be the most improved player of the year. Dark horse. Um, anyways. I mean, despite the Suns being young and kind of in this development stage, I feel like 2-8 and eight is not 
becoming of their talent level. Yeah, but I think last year they started like two and like twenty something though, so maybe he's just okay. Like they also added scared. number one overall draft pick, who is already kind of a stud, Who's and like Booker's had a whole other like year to develop. And then the, you add Trevor Ariza, who's a veteran guy. Well, are who they going to beat the Celtics win. tonight? No, absolutely not. <laughs> but I don't know. I just feel like they have they have talent, and that they added Jamal Crawford, who's one that, of the, he's an aged guy, but is like one of the most proven six man kind of scorers. I mean, he doesn't even need PT though. He just needs the guidance, like a like an extra coach kind of thing. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't blame Book for being mad though. No, I think he never said anything like this before because he didn't really know where he was going to end up in the coming years. And then he signed the $150 million deal, and he's like, all right, I'm going to be here for a while. so <laughs> I'm stuck. I'm going to be vocal about losing. And and he did mention at the beginning of the year that like the, our, our time's coming is kind of what he was saying at the beginning of the year, which I think it is in the future, probably not this year or next year, maybe the third or fourth year they might make a push for the playoffs. But It sounds like you feel like this is a – a young guy who's a little bit spooked by doing poorly last year and is kind of anxious to to be a good team before they're ready. Mm-hmm. That's probably fair. But he's the guy to lead them, so. I mean, and like we've said and seen with Jimmy Butler, you want to have a guy who's vocal about wanting to win. Uh, and I think that's raised Jimmy Butler's value, and I'm sure it would do the same for, for Devin Booker. But... Maybe getting a little ahead of himself. But that's okay. At least he said he's sick of losing and not that he's going to win five titles in the next six years. Right. Um, we mentioned earlier about the... Last week. Or last week, correct. And I think you t- said it was something about 140 points. Oh, I did. Yeah. yeah. About the NBA's... That's due to the NBA's pace. Well, there was an article on... Alex's new favorite website, <laughs> clutchpoints.com. I don't know that I'd go quite that far, but uh, this was pointed out to us by one of the fans. Shout out. You know um, who you are. You know who. You yeah. don't actually get a shout out. Shout out us for including <laughs> this in the pod. <laughs> but uh, this was just an interesting stat, I thought. So there was that Steve Nash-led Suns team back in the mid-2000s. This was like 04, 05, 05, 06. Who else was on that team? They had Amari Stoudemire and... Man, uh, uh, Leonardo Barbosa. Oh, Leandro Barbosa. Leandro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember who all was on this team, but it was this this big movement they wanted to make towards picking up their pace and taking shots more quickly. Because um, Mike D'Antoni's all about offense, so he was the coach at the time. Yeah, because that's what he does. So it was something about trying to get a, a Ooh, shot off. Rajah Bell, that was Raja the dude. Bell, okay. Sean Marion, James Jones. Dude, they had a team. Boris no. Diaw? Boris Diaw. Oh, this was like old school. Eddie Boris House. Dia. Eddie House used to be one of my Eddie favorite House. players. No way. Wow, nostalgic. Okay. Uh, so this was the, the seven seconds or less offense where they were just trying to run the floor and get shots off pronto and just kind of pick up pace and run teams off the floor. So when they did this back in 0405, this was revolutionary, right? This was a whole different way to approach the game. So they led the league in pace each of these years that they were running this offense. And to put a number on it, it was their pace number was 95.6. So that's going to be possessions per game. 
that number right now would put them dead last in the NBA for pace. Wow. So I feel like that just says a lot that the team that kind of pioneered this way of playing and this was just breakneck speed at the time would be the slowest team in the NBA. So their pace was 95.6. Last year, the slowest team in the league was the Kings at 95.59. And the Grizzlies are last this year at 96. Whereas the fastest team last year was the Pelicans at 101.6. This year is the Atlanta Hawks at 108.2. Because they got Trey Young just shooting half court threes. <laughs> and they do, but the Kings also this year are at about 100 and. It's a hundred and seven point something. Well, the so, bad teams at faster paces. Well, f- for what it's worth, I think there's five or six teams this year who are in that hundred mark. So, I guess it's just really telling, like we've mentioned about how the NBA has picked up pace, and there's so much emphasis on offense, and that makes it hard to be a great defensive team. That this team, the Suns, back in '05, was they were changing the game, and now they would be. It'd be like watching a. I don't even know. Watching paint dry. It would be, I, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see, like, that team playing one of these teams and just see what it would look like. Like, if we could noticeably tell that the pace is way different or if it's just like, oh, it's just another game. It's just wild to think that that's, what, 12 years ago, 13 right. years ago, and they were leading the league yeah. in this statistic, and they would be last now. Yeah. You wonder how noticeable it is, but... I think it's when you see two high-paced teams playing each other that you really go, wow, this is nuts. This is just up and down and back and forth and three, 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 whatever, you know? Right. Wow. Sick article. Thanks for that. Thanks, fan. Fan? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking to me. I was like, wow, I'm a co-host, actually. <laughs> no, you're not. Well, you can be a fan, too. Oh. This beat is crazy. Shout out to me. That's I thought true. that was your new thing. That is. Come on, Russ. Yeah, this pod's crazy. Shout out me. Because <laughs> I edit this. Uh, yeah, so now, like we mentioned, we're going to switch up Hip Hoop a little bit this week. This week, we got Hip Hoop with A-Hop and Nate. Hi. I hope you guys are ready. <laughs> this is Nate's first run at Hip Hoop, and this is no ordinary week. No, I am not just handing over the reins. Because I don't think he's ready for that. But no way in hell. What we mentioned before, I think this was last week and two weeks ago, we mentioned that hip hoop was going to be a little different. What we're going to do this week in honor of the 25th episode, this is a big milestone. Quarter century mark. I'm saying. <laughs> Wait, quarter century, not quarter century. <laughs> quarter mark of 100 episodes. <laughs> well, Keep like, going. century's 100. Like, I, I see what you're going for. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Sorry. And because cool. hip hoop falls on odd weeks, <clears throat> 50 wasn't an option. So 25, we're going to hit you guys with each of our top five favorite rappers. And we're going to hit you with a hoop bar from each of them. Now, for the record, this isn't who we think are the top five best rappers. No, 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 no. It's the top five of who we are listening to currently. Who are, yeah, our favorites. Or our so favorites in general. I don't think anyone in the whole world has the license to say who the best rappers are. Unless you think they're mumble rappers, then you're just wrong. But I don't want to say things that are out of my scope. So we're going to talk about our favorite rappers. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm going to go first because I'm the guest on this segment. Yes. 
Should we hit it alternately or just me roll we'll, through? We'll mine? go back and forth. All right. So starting with number five, obviously, we don't want to give you the best one right away. Nah. So Top five, top five. This person, this artist, moved into my top five based on their last album. Uh, I never really enjoyed their music, <laughs> per se. I do like a few songs that they are featured on in the past. However, uh, the music in general I was never really a fan of until this album. I actually thoroughly like gave it a chance. and was like, I'm going to listen to this album, see how it goes, and I actually liked it. What inspired you to actually sit down and listen to this one? I was at work, <laughs> and I needed something to listen to. All right. That's right. I work outside of the pod. However, Alex flew out here for the pod, so he is on a business trip. <laughs> I, I didn't have anything to say back, hence the silence. It's true. Uh, business trip. Anyways, so this mystery artist is none other than Thicky Nicky. <laughs> <laughs> Thicky Nicky. Nicki Minaj. I just came up with that right now. That's that was good. good. That was good. Um, Nicki Minaj and the song that she had a pretty good bar in is Ganja Burn. This actually a slap. Alex, this is the only song Alex likes because it's just a sick beat. And I tried to listen to this album and it didn't do it for me, but this is slap. He likes the song a lot for those of you that don't know what a slap is. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'll just go to the point of the bar and I will press play and just let it ride. Here we go. Nicki Minaj with Gunship Burn. <laughs> Put my blood, sweat, and tears in perfecting my craft. Still, every team's number one pick in the draft. You could bring anybody, weatherman, pick a game. Kobe, KD, Kyrie, pick a K. So, there's a lot in that, even though it's kind of short. So, first off, Nicki says, still every team's number one pick in the draft. So, you know, saying she's the best, even if I think preceding lines were saying, like, Kind of like us calling her bad. And she's like, but I'm still everyone's number one pick. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, and then she goes on to say, you could bring anybody, weatherman, pick a day. So she's saying, I'm going to make it rain every day. doesn't matter when. All right. All right. That was my all interpretation right. of it. I don't yeah, know no. I, if that's actually it. Uh, and then she goes, I'm Kobe, Kaidi. Kaidi. <laughs> no, no. Disregard that. I'm Kobe, Katie, Kyrie, pick a K. And so... I looked this up on Rap Genius. Obviously, these are players, Kobe, KD, Kyrie. Um, when she says pick a K, it's actually referring to pick an AK, like a gun. So She's spitting heat. Yeah, I don't know how she gets into that, but she's just basically saying that she's about to mess everybody up. That's talking-ish about her, I'm pretty sure. Um, and these people are all shooters. Kobe, KD, Kyrie. Yes. Shooters. Pick, yep. pick okay. a K. So that's like a hidden like, in-depth bar that you don't really think that Nikki could come up with. <laughs> that's heat, though. Yeah, I liked it a lot, so that's why I chose that song. I remember listening to this song when the album came out, and I told you about it, and you're like, oh, she's trash, just straight off the top. Well, Didn't I, give it a chance. I stand by that, but nevertheless. But then you liked this song. I thought that was kind of ironic. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, that was my number five. I've been listening to that album pretty steadily, and so ever since then, I'll be giving her chances on... Uh, coming up albums and songs she's featured and whatnot so and that's thicky nicky and that's yeah thicky nicky with nate with nady's first no nah, it doesn't work yeah with nathan's first uh yeah. hip hoop ever a groundbreaking day thanks thicky glad to have you all right for my number five this is an artist that 
I've listened to for some time now. Um, and I really fell in love with a couple of his projects, but his recent work has not impressed me quite as much. This is a dude that a lot of people say is corny, but I think he's got a good message. Um, and I think some of his bars, the way he spits them, just obscenely fast is just nothing short of incredible. This is Logic. Uh, he released two albums this year, which is pretty dope. This is from the earlier of his two albums this year, Bobby Tarantino 2. You've actually heard this before on the pod. This is from 44 More. Here it is. Am I from blowing up like ring? Like ring, 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 ring. That Kevin Durant, I'm a champion. Check the numbers, I'm a champion. That's pretty straightforward. I explained that before. His phone's blowing up like ring, like ring, 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 ring. That Kevin Durant, I'm a champion. So where he misses me is that that's 10 rings and Kevin Durant doesn't have that many, but... Or will he ever have? No, that's also true, but... Too much of a snake. Ooh, savage. Um, This made me realize how few basketball bars Logic spits, which was kind of frustrating. But in any event, uh, I'm more of a fan of album logic than mixtape logic. If you're someone who draws that differentiation, uh, album logic would be everybody, the incredible true story under pressure, whereas mixtape logic is the Bobby Tarantino's and the young Sinatra's. So um, good artist. That's 44 more. And that's my number five artist. Woo. Good job. <clears throat> I guess we'll switch it back to Nate. Nate Hop, Nate, Nate Hoop, Nate Hip Hop. I don't know. Anyways, I was we'll trying to work make on it. that yeah, one. Yeah, we'll work on it. Uh, this artist I've been listening to since high school. He's a TBT. He's a local artist, and he blew up. Well, local for us, and sort of. And uh, <laughs> so that's how I knew about him. And then he had an album that dropped, and he went thrift shopping, and it blew up. So uh, I'm gonna pop some tags. Auto tune. <laughs> Macklemore, uh, he's not going thrift shopping this time. Instead, he's fire breathing like a dragon. So that's the title of this song. And I'm just going to let this play because he dropped some serious fire with his fire breathing lines. Um, yeah, so here's Macklemore. Hungry like it's my rookie year, and I'm new to the sport. The game is tied up. They look into you in the fourth. Do you take the shot or pass it? This is 10,000 hours, and I'm working on my master's liabilities and assets. And I'm showing up to practice, shooting early, getting basket. So, yeah, um, basically. So he starts saying, hungry like it's my rookie year and I'm new to the sport. So, to me, I draw this a lot to Alonzo Trier because he went undrafted and he's been killing it this year. Like, hungry like it's my rookie year, so he's hungry. Uh, he's new to the sport. That just kind of rhymes. I, <laughs> I guess you could say as a rookie you can be new. Um, and then he goes into saying the game is tied up. They looking at you in the fourth. So that's just like any, you know, LeBron, Kyrie, Kobe, KD, pick a K, uh, or an L in that case, I guess, LeBron. <laughs> but any kind of, uh, superstar, I guess they're going to be looking for you when the game's tied up in the fourth. And then do you take the shot or pass it? We know Bron's passing it or taking it. So I guess you can compare LeBron to that. You don't really know what he's going to do. Uh, we know KD's going to shoot it and probably make it. That's annoying. 
And then he says this is 10,000 Hours, which is comparing it to his song 10,000 Hours on his last album. I didn't know he had a song called 10,000 yeah. Hours. 10,000 Hours felt like 10,000 years. I'm going to have to auto-tune that because that was bad. Uh, <laughs> and then he says, and I'm working on my master's liabilities and assets. So basically he's saying he's busy. He's a busy man. and then he, But he's still showing up to practice, shooting early, getting baskets. So he's still balling, even though he's this busy man, and uh, yeah, he's putting out good ish. And that was one of the good ishes right there in Fire Breather. It's kind of like a little indie rock vibe to it, very much, with some rap in it. And so I like that a lot about it. So yeah, check it out. Those dopeness. Thank you. For my number four, this is a dude who's been on top of the the pop rap, the rap whatever you want to refer to it, game. For going on 10 years now, um, if it was at an 8, he'd like to make it 10. This is Drizzy Drake. This is one of my favorite basketball reference bars ever. This is some old school So Far Gone stuff released back in 09, back in the freshman year of high school days. You just dated yourself. That's fine. I ain't old yet. <laughs> Listen close. Me and Wayne Lee. So just one more time, I've said this before, the For Ball We Know podcast does not condone drug use. However, it is necessary for this line. Uh, Drizzy says, me and Wayne lean like Kareem doing hook shots. Uh, so lean is a very dangerous drug. Um, or drink. Yeah, it, it's a drink. but It's both. Anyway... <laughs> For those of you who aren't familiar with one of the goats, Kareem, shooting the hook shot, for you youngsters out there, he's got a patented little lean when he's throwing up the hook. So me and Wayne lean like Kareem doing hook shots. And then Jersey says, cover me, I'm going in and bucking when the hook drop. That's bucking with a B. Um, so going buck is like going buck wild, like losing it. So when the hook drops, when I'm going in, comes in, he's going buck. Also, buck means shooting. Also, and Kareem was on the bucks. If you didn't know that, <laughs> that's just, you know, that's I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in Rap Genius because that's not on the annotation. So I'm going to have to fix that. You're going to add that. I will add that. So there's a little triple entendre there from your boy Drizzy Drake. <laughs> uh, this is from I'm Going In. It's a classic. And my number four rapper right there, that's Drizzy Drake. Number three for me is a guy that I've been listening to for a while now. This is one of his first songs I ever heard, actually. Uh, most his first songs everybody yeah. ever heard, yeah. And his newest album, Beer Bongs and Bentleys, I listen to a lot. And this is Post Malone Post. You know, with his classic song, Wyatt Iverson. Double OT like I'm KD, smoking OG. And you know me, and my two threes, and my gold Bet you're smiling, bet you see me from the nosebleed. I'm a new three, and I change out to my new D. So this is kind of like the a lower point in the song where he's kind of just like singing and not so much rapping, but it's still sick. So uh, he begins saying double OT like I'm KD smoking OG. So he's in overtime and he's smoking them like KD who had a video released of him smoking some weed. <laughs> That's what OG. Did he really? Yeah, a while, like, a while back. I didn't know that. And so uh, that's a little shot. Shout out to Katie on the on the green there. <laughs> Katie on the <laughs> that's on what OG, OG means. Kush. Yeah. 
So yeah, we Again, don't. We don't. For ball, we know does not condone drug use. No, or do we do it ourselves? So we're not hypocrites. Uh, However, it's legal in Washington, so do thing. And Michigan now. Ooh, and Michigan. Yeah. Wow. Midterms, man. <laughs> and then he continues with, and you know me in my two threes and my gold teeth. So he's saying my two threes being his Jordans. He's wearing Jordan shoes, and his gold teeth are kind of self-explanatory. Uh, Bish, I smiling. Bet you can see me from the nosebleeds because his teeth are gold and so shiny. You can see him from the nosebleeds of an arena. <laughs> it's a great picture of him. Alex looked up a picture and he's laughing at it. Oh, post this uh, guy. And then he says, I'm a new three and I changed out my new threes. So from what I gathered from this was AI wore number three, obviously. And so he's saying he's like a new AI, new version of him because he's white, not black. <laughs> Hence the song title. Yeah, and then he changed out to my new threes, meaning his new uh, Michael or Michael Jordan's Air Jordan threes. So that's what I got from that, and uh, obviously a classic song. Most college kids have heard it because it came out not too long ago, and it oh, was a, it yeah. was a big party song for a while. We don't condone partying here. <laughs> anyway, we ain't hating, do we? Thing. All right, that was uh, Post Malone with White Iverson. Hey, hop, take it away. All right, my number three, I don't know if this is something that's fair to do when you're naming your top rappers, but I'm going to give an era of a rapper, um, and I think when you hear who it is, you'll understand. Your segment. You're right. This is going to be pre-Yeezus Kanye. So that's going to be everything Watch the Throne in before. That's college dropout, late registration, graduation, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, Watch the Throne. This is the old school Kanye when his songs made sense. I miss that old Kanye. Yeah, that come from the soul Kanye. That not scoop de whoop de poop Kanye. <laughs> um, so this dude is a genius producer and he's a great rapper too. Um, so this is from Devil in a New Dress from My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy that came out in 2010. And I'm realizing now that Nathan's got much longer song clips than I do. <laughs> but uh, here's what we got. My bars are better. I don't know about that. That beat is just so soulful. I just love it. I think his flow on this is ill too. But he just says, hood phenomenon, the LeBron of rhyme. So that's pretty straightforward. LeBron's mm -hmm. the GOAT. Kanye's calling himself the GOAT. He says, hard to be humble when you stunting on the Jumbotron. He right? Uh, I think it's interesting that he uses LeBron as his uh, his comparison there because LeBron stays stunting on the Jumbotron but comes across as a very humble dude. Mm. Kanye also stays stunting on the Jumbotron but not so, humble. Not so much of a humble dude. <laughs> um, and I think this is a fitting bar with all the buzz surrounding Kanye lately. Uh, just wild and out on the regular he did tweet he was going to focus on being more creative and doing music and not being all political and whatnot so we'll see if that happens but you can't knock old yay 2011 and before so he is my number three and that's devil in a new dress right on um next up is a new guy for me and he's already at number two because i like him so much uh he goes by the name of juice world 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 no O, um, because it was taken on social media, I found out. That's why there's no O. His so, it was Juice the Kid, right? Mm-hmm. And his 
uh, producers told him to change his name, so he changed it to Juice World because that was his name on like Instagram already. Mm-hmm. But there's no O because there wasn't it wasn't available on Instagram. That's interesting. <laughs> so uh, if there was an O, it would be Juice World spelled out. That's a story for you guys listening, man. Tell yeah. your friends. Sounds smart. Yeah. Uh, this is off of an album where he was still Juice the Kid. It's called Lost Her, and uh, he goes in. This old school, old school juice. Uh huh. Whoa, 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 whoa! I just lost her. Even though I got all of these hoes on my roster. It's for sure got like a a good beat to it, and it kind of keeps you like hyped up, I guess. So he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Wow, that many. Yeah. Good. Okay. I just lost her, so they broke up. Something happened there. Juice is a very emotional guy. Uh. He goes, even though I have all these hoes on my roster. <laughs> so he's saying, basically, I got backup girls to call, but I lost her, and I'm sad about it still. So That's reasonable. Sensitive guy. We on for Bowie now do not condone calling women out of their name. However, it's for the culture. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's part of the song. We, we didn't make the song. It's songs. part of the song. You're right. We're better people. <laughs> Debatable. Who are we to judge? Yeah. So... Uh, check out Juice World, his newest album, uh, Goodbye and Good Goodbye Riddance. and Good Riddance, yeah. That one is more mm, soulful. It's vibes. It has a lot of, a lot of, like, deep lyrics, if you're into that, with, uh, underlying meanings. Or but just, you can just bob your head to him, too, if that's what you're trying to do, uh-huh. you know? So that's why I like him a lot. But yeah, that was Juice World. Shout out Juice. And shout out me for saying shout out Juice on the pod. You're getting out of hand with that. <laughs> All right. Um, if you haven't noticed by now, Nathan and I have very different lists. Uh, my number two is a guy who people have really been all about lately, much to my frustration, because I've been about this guy for a minute. So if This Is America is the first song you know by dude, get it together and go listen to some EP, the one with the flowers on the or with the leaves on the cover. Go listen to some Camp. Go listen to some Because of the Internet. Go listen to some Stone Mountain Kawhi. This is Childish Gambino. He does not rap about basketball a lot, which is a huge pain in my ass. But this bar, I think, is a good summary of him in a way because it's kind of corny. And a lot of his punchlines are kind of corny. So this is Gambino on Late Night in Kawhi. This is from his Stone Mountain Kawhi mixtape in 2014. Falling like Jabari Parker. They say I look like him. If we met, bet it would be awkward. Break out the suit of fit. Because the flow cold. Like- so good luck. <laughs> This is this is simple. Ballin' like Jabari Parker. People say I look like him. Bet if we met it would be awkward. So this I guess Childish doesn't play any defense. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Ballin' like Jabari Parker. But uh, Gambino, like I said, does not rap about hoop a lot. And he kind of does look like Jabari Parker, just for the record. He but does. um, he's a lot shorter. Uh, <laughs> this is a really cool tape, though. Um. It's super vibey, the Kawhi side. The Stone Mountain is kind of some, like, hard Atlanta rap. So I wish he would have mentioned Kawhi on the Kawhi side. That Yeah, he should have. He should have. Yeah. But, he dropped uh, the ball there, Gambino. <laughs> this is, like, poppy Gambino. Stone Mountain is rapping Gambino. This dude has, just has a variety of sounds. I think anyone could find something they like in his discography. So, my number two, Fair. hands down, Gambino. And... The moment you've all been waiting for. My crappy music top five rounds out with the goat, Drake. 
the only person on both of our lists that are the same, except I have a number one and you have a four. So, I'm but just, either way, that made just it shows, on both though. Yes, that just shows you how good of an artist Drake is and has become. And uh, I've been listening to him for a long time now. Like most people, well, I guess not most people. Most people's probably the last like four years. Me, I feel like it's been like eight or more. I don't know, man. Like since like Take Care, people have been on Drake. That was twenty eleven. That's a good point. But nevertheless, I was slightly before that. Just saying. Uh, Same though. Yeah. <laughs> so Drake's been huge. Obviously, got some great bars. He loves basketball. He's the ambassador of the Raptors, so he's always in basketball. And he came out with a song called "Forever" with Lil Wayne, Eminem, and who else? Lil Wayne, Eminem, Drake. On forever. Uh huh. Or is that it? I feel like we're missing someone. I guess it Wait, probably says it yeah, in the video you got title. Kanye West. Duh, duh. <laughs> uh previously mentioned person that just now. Anyways. When did when did Forever drop? Like two thousand and nine? I wanna say. Because we listened to it yep, freshman so this, year. So this this is still good, Kanye. <laughs> we listened to it <laughs> freshman year on the bus before oh, yep. we played games. Yep. Back when we hooped. So this is good era Kanye. Uh-huh. So here's Drake and this is his line actually, so this is actually Drake in this part, even though the song has a bunch of future artists. Anyway, I'll stop talking. Last name ever, first name greatest, like a sprained ankle boy, ain't nothing to play with. So yeah, that was Drake. Um, not a lot of people know this, but that song was a, actually a part of the documentary with LeBron James that came out. Which is dope. Which is really good, but I don't know, was it in the... the the actual documentary itself, or did it play at, like, the end or something? It probably played at the end. Either way, it was made for that. I don't know if it made the cut or not, like, during it. However, the bar is last name ever, first name greatest. So the reason I mentioned LeBron is this song is about LeBron, so he's saying LeBron's the greatest ever. Um, like a sprained ankle, boy, ain't nothing to play with. So It's so simple, but it's so dope. It's so good. Like, everybody knows when you get a sprained ankle, that hurts. Like, Russ... Just got one. He knows. He's slapping the floor when Ain't he got it. Ain't nothing to play with. No, don't play with that. And so you don't want to play with LeBron James or Drake because they'll just take you to church. And uh, so, yeah, that's Drake with an old throwback, 2009, almost 10 years now. Jeez. Wow. Where it's time that's gone. Like, right, that's like debut Drake right there. <laughs> Dude's still making hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Still topping the list every year, bro. Okay. Yeah, shout out to me. Um, now your favorite. This Number is, one. This isn't even a debate for me. One nope. and two are the only solid spots on my list. Gambino at two. And number one is the absolute GOAT, in my opinion, no blanket, Cole World, Jermaine, Lamar, Cole, okay, well, the man. Calm down. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Cole has been absolutely killing his features this year. Uh, KOD was a, a great album, in my opinion. Uh, everyone. Except he went platinum with no features, though. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's true. Don't troll me with that. Um, he did. He uh, Forest Hills is great. Born Center. I love all of J. Cole's work, but uh, this is some old school stuff that people might not know, and if you don't know it, you should go look it up. This is from Friday Night Lights. This was his last mixtape before he released his first actual album. This came out in 2010. This track is called The Autograph, and this, I think, is one of the the most clever and kind of off-the-wall hoop references that I've heard. So I'll cue it up and give you a little breakdown. 
You know I gotta thank God, cause if you won't with me, then I surely would've died. You can throw the fork in me, this my New Year's resolution, dog. No more pork in me, uh. I ain't no Muslim, no. Karan Butler, I'm a wizard if you doesn't know. It's young Simba, yeah, I'm ballin' to the buzzer blow. You tryna kick the shit, I kick, man, you gon' stub your toe. Boy, that's just how tough I go. Alright. So he starts with, I gotta thank God, cause if you weren't with me, then I surely would've died. You can throw the fork in me. So essentially just his come up, his life was tough. So he's thanking God for, for walking with him. And then it's that classic phrase, you can throw the fork in me, right? Like stick a fork in me, I'm done kind of deal. Uh, which then ties into his next bar where he says, this is my New Year's resolution, dog. No more pork in me. So that doesn't, that's a bar that I've always kind of been intrigued by. What exactly is he getting at with that short of the uh, the wordplay he uses after the fact? but. Uh -huh. To, to be porking somebody is to be are you familiar with that term uh, to me it sounds sexual it's it, it can be used in place of the f word yeah so I think <laughs> in that like if you're if you're porking somebody it could be like you're you're messing with them whatever so he finishes that segment with no more pork in me right his next bar is I ain't no Muslim though so Muslims condemn eating pork. And this next bar then is Karan Butler. I'm a wizard, if you doesn't know. So Karan Butler played for the Wizards. And the Quran, as he, as he said before, he isn't a Muslim. The Quran is the name of the Muslim holy book. Ooh. So that's quite the tie-in, in my personal opinion. And mine. There you go. On the note of being a wizard, too, it's, it's being a wizard with the words, with the rhymes, uh, is the way that Cole thinks of himself. Uh, in the next off, he says, it's young Simba. He's always called himself Simba. Uh, he's destined to be the king is what that means. He says, I'm balling till the buzzer blow. Another hoop reference or sport reference at least, uh, playing until till the end, rapping till the end, whatever you want to say about it. And this last one I just think is kind of slick. You try and kick the shit I kick, man, you're going to stub your toe. Boy, that's just how tough I go. Uh, so this to me is just some crazy wordplay. I don't know who thinks to use Karam Butler in their rap. Or to use his name as the Muslim holy book, or just, it, this is just, just J. Cole. this is just Cole at his best. Um, I think all of Cole's albums have been great, but if you haven't listened to this old school mixtape J. Cole, uh, you know, with the warm up Friday Night Lights, I think this is kind of what he's getting back to with some of his newer stuff with his his features. So definitely check this stuff out. You can stream it all on YouTube. It's dope, and that's my number one artist, J. Cole. Woo. And, uh, yeah, that's our top fives. Uh, probably don't agree with them because they're our top personal five, top, top five. fives. <laughs> and mine probably sucks compared to most people that listen to music a lot. Um, what I'm saying is that you just got nine very different artists right there. If you're looking for some new music and you trust us at all, or even if you don't, <laughs> give them a listen. This is some good stuff in here. Bet. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on to our football we know this week. And this week, it's based on something that happened this week. Something kind of comical. So, at the end of the uh, Celtics-Nuggets game on Monday or Tuesday, Jamal Murray had 48 points for the Denver Nuggets that night. Career game for him. Most he's ever scored. Um, he, at the end of the game, shot a shot with, like, at the buzzer. Yeah. And they're up by what? How much were they up by? Um, eight. They were up eight. So they were just dribbling it out, whatever, and then he shoots the ball. And Kyrie didn't really like it that much. Um, 
Jamal, he was though, big mad, you mean? Yes. Jamal, on the other hand, I think he was just trying to set the Canadian record in the NBA because he tied Steve Nash 48 points for the most points ever scored by a Canadian NBA player. Yeah. So maybe he knew that and was just trying to break the record. Either way, a 50-burger sounds way better than 48. He was 48. trying to get that 50-piece. Yeah. So after this happened, Kyrie threw the ball into the stands. Yes. In a fit of frustration. Yeah. Um, and then he had some, some words to say after the game. I don't know. He off the top, I know what it was about. What he, yeah, what he I mean, he was saying that he felt disrespected. He was saying that that's not the way you play the game. Um, something along the lines of get your 50 in regulation when it matters and not at the buzzer. And he went on to call Jamal Murray immature. See, the thing is, throwing the ball into the stands is kind of immature. <laughs> really? And also, if you don't like it, don't have him put 48 on your head. Don't let a man <laughs> drop a 48-piece on your head. Yeah, he's just mad because he was trying to get two more and make it even look worse. So, I mean... It's like, man, you got gassed up, and that's fine. Take your L and move on. Let the youngster try to get 50. It, he's I mean, a second-year player, third-year player. He, and he's 21 years old. I, yeah. I see Kyrie's point that that's not the classiest move in the book, but I don't think your response can be throwing the ball in the stands and then fling around the word it's, immature. It's it's also the third or the 11th game of the season. How mad can you actually be? It's the regular season. You're going to make the playoffs. Like, if it's in the playoffs, I could understand. It's, it's like that could get you heated just based on the situation. You know, you're playing that guy, that team, seven games, maybe that guy. Yeah. Potentially. But uh, I don't know. I've always thought this was kind of like a weird subject. Like I feel like there's times where you can do it and no one really cares, and there's other times where like if you do it, you look like the biggest jerk alive. But I think it's kind of a stupid unspoken rule. Um, in ways, like I said, I get it, but in other ways, I feel like it's just something that people get too a little too sensitive about. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and like Murray said after the game, he didn't really think anything of it. He, I mean, he's just high on life that he just dropped 48. His team is playing great. They have an outstanding record. He's just throwing up a three to get his 50 piece. He really, <laughs> I really believe that it didn't mean anything to him. Yeah, I mean, Steph would have put a shimmy on him, so that, that could have escalated things Big real quick. facts. But I don't know. I think this whole move with Kyrie to Boston anyway was based in Kyrie's immaturity with being unable to accept being the number two guy on his team. So yeah. it's just kind of absurd to me that he's out here throwing that word around. Right. And the ball into the stands and getting fined 25K <laughs> for it. The word plus the ball. I like it. Exactly. And for that, that was the for ball, we know. <laughs> Kyrie weak. Yeah. Um, so that was our first we ever. Go, go watch him hoop tonight. <laughs> yeah. He'll probably put work on whoever the Suns have at point guard these days. And if anyone's curious, the next time that the Nuggets will meet the Celtics is March 18th. Wow. That's a while. Yep. Oh, they only play each other twice. I yep. guess, you know, Correct. East versus West. Um, yeah, that was the episode. First time ever in person for us. And it was kind of the same, but yeah. it was fun. I got to give you a high five at the beginning. So that was cool. Pretty neat. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we got a game to catch pretty soon here. So hope you enjoyed the top fives. Look forward to some some more switch ups on hip hoop in the future. And if you hate it, let us know. I'll I'll shut up. Hip hop always keeps keeps you guessing. Uh, so yeah, make sure to to subscribe 
to the pod so you know when the episodes drop, which tomorrow it might be a little later drop than usual, but hey, I'm, I'm human. Or, I guess this episode, so today. And uh, make sure to give us a review on all of the, you know, the streaming service you're listening to, I guess. Or if you want all the streaming services, that'd be helpful. <laughs> uh, and we'll catch you next week for another riveting episode of For Ball We Know. This has been Nate. And your boy Hop. See ya. Adios. Seventy-five is still alive. Like damn, it went fast. I know somewhere up above, my father's having a laugh. Every lesson that he told me adding up like it's math. And every time I'm looking dumb, cause I ain't listening to the man. And now I'm thinking, man, where my legacy at? As I'm staring at the child of my child on my lap. And it hits me all at once, man, this is where it at. I said, son, go get that bond, let me show you who you are. I said, this is my legacy, I leave it for you. And it's something that's a part of me now, a part of you too. And it's more than just a game, and it's more than just a sport. If there ever truly is a sign of God, it's a proof. It'll teach you how to work, how to love, how to lose. All the dedication needed to be the man that you choose. I'm leaving it for you so you can be the better man. I handed him the rock like I put the world in his hands. And now he's dribbling, yeah, yeah. And now he's dribbling, yeah, yeah. And now he's dribbling, yeah. He put some shots of pennies dribbling, yeah.